I think it's getting close to 40 years. <laughs> uh, I still consider myself young. <laughs> yes, quit it, brother. I'm coming after you. <laughs> but this is, this is very important. Father, I just want to thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Speak to us today and encourage our hearts from your word and lift us up to sit by the Father in heavenly places at your right hand, far above all principalities and powers, all dominions and might, and every name that is named in this world and in the world to come. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. I've been speaking on the creative force, that the force that brought the world together, the force that made you and I. A lot of people talk about forces on, in the world. Uh, we hear in the, some of the movies, I hear them say, the force. The force, there is only one real force, and that's the force of God, and that force is the force of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if a lot of Christians understand this, but this is so important. You cannot be holy without the Holy Spirit. You cannot live a Christian life without the Holy Spirit. Yes, Jesus died for our sins. To put away our sins, to open the door for the Holy Spirit to come into our lives and make us holy. We're all sinners. But Jesus died for our sins to clear the way so that God can have the same fellowship he had when he was with Adam at the garden, when Adam was holy. And we cannot get to that place because the price for sins taken care of, but now God has to rebuild us, that creative force has to rebuild us so that the Holy Spirit can now live with us. Jesus told his disciples that the Holy Spirit was coming. And after his death, and after he rose from the, from the grave, that's all Jesus wanted to talk to his disciples about. Nothing else mattered. All he wanted to tell them was, this Holy Spirit is coming. Wait for him. He spent 40 days educating them after his death to wait for the Holy Spirit. I don't understand why Christians don't understand you cannot be a Christian without the Holy Spirit. You just cannot be. We're all sinners. If you ask for forgiveness, God will forgive you. But you need the Holy Spirit in your life to be with you. And Jesus promised to be with you forever. He called the Holy Spirit the helper. How many of you need help in this life? I need a lot of help. You can get some help from man. But man is limited in the amount of help, the quality and the amount of help they can offer to you. But God is limitless. And God said, I will give you the helper. The creative force that can change every situation in your life, no matter how bad it is. Even if there is real confusion in your life and nothing seems to work. If you have allowed this Holy Spirit to be at rest in your life, you have entered into God's rest 
and things will change. I mean, that's the principle that governs the world. When the Holy Spirit comes into your heart and is at peace in your life, things will begin to change. The devil knows not to mess with you anymore because he knows things are beginning to be put in order. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of order. He hates confusion. He, that's why if in a family they are fighting, husband always after the wife's neck and the wife, the Holy Spirit says, this is a very uncomfortable place in my, I can't stay here. And guess what? Everything begins to go crazy. Not only their finances, everything, because there is no unity. And the Holy Spirit doesn't like confusion. God is not the author of confusion. So God doesn't like it. So we need the Holy Spirit to be there in our lives. Jesus called him the helper. In John chapter 14, verse, verse 16 and 17, Jesus said, and I will pray the Father. This, after he's gone to heaven, he's still praying. Basically, I will ask the Father, and he will give you another helper. Jesus was saying to his disciples, I have been your helper these three years. Everything you needed, I provided. When you were in trouble, I was there. You had questions, I answered the questions. You had, you had needs financially, I, did, I, pay, I take care of those. You need to pay your taxes. Well, Peter, go to the, the river, get a fish, get that coin from the mouth, pay for your taxes, and pay for mine. I took care of you. But now I'm going to give you another helper. I've been teaching you, but when I go, you won't have me to teach you, but I'm going to send the teacher. He will teach you all things. He will even remind you of things that I've said to you that you've forgotten. He's going to bring those things into your memory so you can walk with God. You cannot walk with God without the Holy Spirit. God is the Spirit. But notice what Jesus said, I will give you. Amen. Does that include you? Yes. Yes. I will give you another helper. I want that helper in my life, Jesus giving to me. Why would I reject him? I need that helper. Jesus said, I will give you another helper that he may abide. In other words, that he may stay with you forever. God says, I want to dwell with them. I want to dwell in them. God, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you this helper. Notice he didn't say helper for your finances, right? Helper. What do you need help for? If you need help, whatever help you need, he is the helper. He'll help you in whatever area. Your marriage, he'll help you. Your children, he'll help you. Your finances, your education, he is giving you the helper that cannot be stopped. He is so powerful, he is the creator of the universe. He has all things. He has no need. He will always meet your needs. That's why we can understand when Jesus says, for God so loved the world. That's when you begin to understand the meaning of those words. For God so loved the world, God is willing, His Spirit is willing to give you His Spirit to live with you in your home. Your address becomes His address. Your children become His children. You got nothing to fear. That's the greatest love that you can find anywhere. But the world does not, the world does not understand it. And Satan is hiding these things from our 
eyes and from our heart so we don't understand because once we know, and Jesus said, once their eyes are open, these things are hidden from their eyes so that they don't know. So you're robbed because Satan is a thief. Open your heart today and welcome what God's already given to you. Don't reject it. Don't question it. Don't try to understand it. He is a mystery. How are you going to understand this big God? I don't even understand it. Go to walk, be in a ship and look into the ocean. See if you can understand where all of those, the water came from. Those things are beyond my understanding. And God's bigger than that. I don't want to understand it. I just want to accept it. Amen. He said, I will give you another helper so that he will stay with you forever. That's what Jesus is saying. And then he called him the spirit of truth. You know, Jesus was before Pilate. And he said, he was talking, I believe that this was in John. He was talking to Pilate and he said, Pilate said, are you a king? He said, you, you said rightly that I'm a king. And then he said, for this cause was I born. For this cause was I born. And for this cause I came into the world to testify of the truth. Remember that? And Pilate said, what is truth? And here Jesus is saying, this spirit that I'm talking, this helper is the spirit of truth. The reason Jesus came to the world to testify of truth, now he's giving to you to live and abide with you the essence of truth, which is the Holy Spirit. He's called the spirit of truth, that he may abide with you forever. And Jesus said, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. We'll make you free. I need the truth. If you have the spirit of truth inside you, you can't be bound. Nothing can hold you back. They will attempt to hold you back, but they can't hold you back. This is real Christianity. Not let's go to church, so I shook pastor's hand this Sunday. And I sang a little hymn. No, this is real Christianity. Where do you have nothing to fear because the, the greater one, the God himself, this God is spirit. He lives inside of you. God has given himself to you. That's what it means. To dwell with you forever. Sometimes I say things, you know, and then I'm making my confession. It's really important. I don't imagine some thief coming to come and kill my, my angels right there. And I got my Holy, the Holy Spirit right there with me in my home. Everywhere I go, when I'm in the plane, wherever I go, he's abiding with me forever. If you can't kill the Holy Spirit, you can't kill me. Uh, that's just the truth. And God's demonstrating that. He's done it with uh, John Osteen's uh, daughter. Remember her? There was a, a bomb that went off. And the media came to check. The nail, the sharp nails and everything went around her. She wasn't hurt. Do you think she was that powerful? No. The Holy Spirit says, I can divert bullets and drop nails. I'll divide them to keep the one who belongs to me. And that you are as precious to God as that woman. No difference. Because the God is a respecter of no one. He respects every one of us and loves every one of us. He said, the spirit of truth, this is important, whom the world cannot receive. 
God giving, but they can't receive him. Whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor know him, but you know him. How many know the Holy Spirit? That's a tough statement. Do you know the Holy Spirit? Do you know him? Jesus said, you know him, for he dwells with you. But God doesn't look for him just dwelling with you. He said, and he will be where? In you. He dwells with you. This is the spirit of God himself. And God says, my desire is for my spirit to live inside of you. And you say, well, I don't want that. That's your problem. I want it. All of it baptized me, knocked me over with the spirit of truth. So that I never recover. Maybe other things interest you more. But what's greater? To have God living inside of you? Or to have all this craziness in the world? That's what you want to enjoy? I would rather have the God that created all things living inside of me. And if you acknowledge that God is living inside of you, you lose all of your fear. That's just the truth. Because the one who always will say, Fear not. Remember, that's what Jesus said. Don't be afraid. Only believe. All things are possible to him who believe. Now, the one that is asking you to believe in, he's living inside of you. Isn't that simple? (laughs) He lives inside of you. You know the truth, and the truth makes you free. Until God opens your eyes to receive revelation, you'll stay ordinary. You stay ordinary. The world cannot receive the spirit of truth. Why? They don't like truth. They don't like truth. Whenever I meet Christians who always want to argue, I told one of them one time, look, I don't enjoy arguing the word of God. You know, please don't go there with me. If you want to argue, you just won. Because they're looking for who wins. You know, we are debating. I don't debate with anybody when it comes to God's word. If you want to debate, you just want the debate. You can have the crown. Go away with it. I don't, I'm not debating with you. I stay with what God says and what he's giving me understanding from his word. That's what's important. I'm not going to debate with you. God's not going to endorse your opinion over his. Because you are such a great guy. And everybody loves you. So you say it, and God says, I have to rethink what I was thinking. Uh, that's never going to happen. He doesn't, he's not going for re-election. So he's not going to try to please you. He is God, and he's God forever. But some people don't like the truth. If there are only two kingdoms in the world, as far as God is concerned, If you are not in God's kingdom, guess what kingdom you belong to? You can scream and say, I don't belong to Satan's world. Satan says, that's my son. Keep screaming. He knows you. You belong to him. There are only two kingdoms. God's kingdom and the kingdom of the world where Satan rules. If you don't belong to God's kingdom, scream all you want. Sleep in the church if you want. You still belong. Satan still recognizes. That's my boy, he says. You have to know the truth. You have to love the truth. And God, Jesus said, I know those who are mine. Jesus said that himself. I know them and they know me. 
And if you don't know him, you won't want the Holy Spirit in your life. He makes you very uncomfortable. I've been around people who are demon-possessed. I walk in and the demons are already, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. Some of that spoke some of us. But I recognize it's it's not me, just a man. But they recognize Jesus lives inside of me. And when he shows up, even though they see my flesh, what they see is the Jesus, the spirit that lives in me. And they don't like to be in his presence. They're always crying, have you come to destroy us before the time? You remember that? You need to come into God's family so that the Holy Spirit can be at peace in your life. Jesus is giving you, every one of you this morning, the Holy Spirit. I don't argue about it. It's the truth. And these are not my words. Jesus said this. And Jesus said, the words that I speak, they will be your judge in the last day. You're looking for Jesus to stand and judge you. No. His words, their spirit, and their life. His words will stand against you. You heard the word. You rejected it. And you have no place here. That's what's going to happen on the last day. Not Jesus. This awesome Jesus sitting down with you to make some argument. No. As to whether you say you did this. No. His word says you didn't do me. You didn't act right. This is what was said. And you didn't comply with it. And you're condemned. Jesus said I don't condemn anybody. The words don't judge you. So what I do in my life, when I see the scriptures, I don't argue. If it comes from my son, I'm accepting. I'll change my mind immediately. If he can show me from the scriptures that this is what God says in the Bible, I'll change my mind. But some people think they know more than God. They have their own arguments. And the things that they've been taught, and they're digging themselves deeper and and deeper into trouble without listening to what God has said. Isaiah said, come, let's reason together. Reason with God and position yourself because God means you well. He wants to bless you, bless your children. And God said, even to the 10th generation, I'll be blessing your children. That's a good God. You know, when Jesus said the world cannot receive, I, I didn't understand. Yeah, the world didn't receive. But Jesus made a statement. You don't put new wine in an old wine skin. You remember that scripture? A new old white bottle. What Jesus was saying, the Holy Spirit is the new wine. The life. And unless you are born again, you have an old wine skin. That's who you are as far as God is concerned. Until you are born of the Spirit, Jesus actually told Nicodemus, and you can read this in John chapter 6, verse 8, don't marvel that I say you must be born again. Not you may must be born again. Because you don't put new wine in an old wine skin. You don't do that. He said if you do that, you destroy everything. And Jesus said, new wine is put in a new wine skin. What was he talking about? It's your new life. Jesus said, don't, be, don't marvel because I'm telling you, you have to be born again. The wind blows where it wishes. You hear the sound of it, but you cannot tell where it's coming from or where it's going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. So there are people, that which is flesh, that which is born of the flesh is 
flesh. And that which is born of the spirit is spirit. You can go there, John chapter 3, verse 6. That, so there are two kinds of people. Those that are born only of the flesh and those that are born of the spirit. And until you have a new wine skin, you have been born of the spirit, this awesome Holy Spirit cannot live in you and you won't even want him. You cannot receive him. You have to be born in the spirit. Ezekiel chapter 36, verse 26 and 27 made that very clear. And God is telling you exactly what he's going to do now. I'd like you to look at this picture here and really get close to this because it's a very important scripture. Please reason with me or let me put it in a better way. Reason with God and try to imagine what God is saying here. It says, God says, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. In other words, the things that take you away from God. For some people, it's money. For some people, it's business. For some people, it's sex. It's all that kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> it's just the truth. He takes them away. Fun. Partying. All of those things. Those are idols. It says, then God said in verse 26, I will give you a new heart. But you were born with one, right? But God saying, I may, he says, I will. I will give you a new heart and I'll give you a new spirit. Your spirit is the essence of you. And notice when you read the spirit there is, is it capital spirit? Small letter spirit, right? S is small letter spirit. That's your, the real you. God saying, I'm going to give you and brand new you. That's what is called born again. When God gives birth to you, that's what Jesus meant when he says that which is born of the flesh is flesh, that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So God says, I will give you a new spirit. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. God was prophesying to us from the Old Testament, from Ezekiel, that this is what he's going to do. The question is, has he done that for you? Do you know for sure? God made a promise. Has God done that in your life? That's the question. So God will say something and not do it? How will we allow God to do this to give us a new heart? How does that happen? That's what God says, I will. Notice it's not I may. God said, I will cleanse you. I will sprinkle clean water upon you. You will be clean. Not you may be. You will be. When God sprinkles clean water on you, you get clean. And the clean water is the word. Jesus said, the words that I've spoken to you make you clean. You are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. God's word has the power of making you clean. You are not aware that you've been cleansed. But God is cleaning you up. Just as you are hearing the word this morning. And as you say, yes, yeah, that's true. You don't understand what's happening spiritually. God's doing a work in you and cleansing you. And heaven says there's a new work on the earth that God's doing in this individual. Because he knows your name. He knew you before you came into this world. He knew you were going to be at the Ark Fellowship this morning. He knew that. And ordained it that you'll be here. He did. Why? For you. 
because he loves you so much and he wants you to hear his word. God says, I will put my spirit. Notice in verse 27. It gives you a new spirit, that small letter, right? S, small letter head, that's you. But then God said, I will put my spirit, that's the Holy Spirit, within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So that after you are born again, you got the new you, then God says, now the door is open for my spirit to come into this individual and live with this individual forever. It's just, it's so basic, but that's the beginning of a, a real close walk with God. Not just going to church and listening to a pastor. Angela and I, our, our job is not just to preach. I, I, this is silly, just to preach. You may get good words. No, I want God in your life. I want God to be so present in your life, whether I'm there or not, your intimacy with God and relationship, your children can see it. They can see God at work in your life. And even after you pass, God's still at work because they've seen it happening in your home. That's the kind of Christianity I want. Not shaking the pastor's hand or singing in the choir. That's meaningless if the Holy Spirit is not in it. See, so God said, I will put my spirit in you. And then my spirit will begin to transform you and make you willing. Can I hear an amen? That's so important. He said, I will cause you the spirit of God. He puts his spirit in you and then begins to get, give, you know, grind into you the desire to do more of God's things. That's what he's saying. I will cause you to walk in my statutes. And you will keep my judgments and do them. That's what he's saying. That's why the Bible says it's not by might. It's not by power. But by the spirit of God. Only the spirit of God can do it. Jesus said without me you can do nothing. You need the spirit of God. And you can have the spirit of God this morning. You can have that spirit we're talking about. This morning, you can receive the Holy Spirit this morning. You can, if you are willing. If you are afraid of the Holy Spirit, something is not right. Because the Bible says, that's in uh, Romans chapter 8, beginning from verse 14. It says, as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For God has not given us the spirit of bondage again to fear. But we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So if you are still afraid of the Holy Spirit, uh, you have a spirit of bondage. You are still bound. A child of God should know no fear. The Bible tells us, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, God did not give us the spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Your mind is sound. If you are afraid, something is wrong spiritually, deeply wrong. There is healthy fear. If you see uh, a 18-wheeler coming, uh, you know, at you and you say, I have no fear, and you walk the street while it's closed, he's going to flatten you. I'm telling you, you're going to be flat. That's a healthy fear. But the fear that we're talking about life, no, not with the Holy Spirit. So important. So the Holy Spirit came to us on the day of Pentecost. That's the day 
of Pentecost, the Holy Spirit came to us. I may not be very clear with you, you know, because I have no agenda. I need to teach God's people the truth. And please put everything you know aside. Examine the scriptures with me, okay? So that God can reach you and bless you. That's what I want. One day I'm going to stand before God for judgment, what I told you. And I have to be sure I told you the truth. That's the way I look at it. You, you may disagree with me, but please be patient. Said, study the scripture yourself and see whether what I'm showing you from the scripture is the truth. And if you don't find it to be true, don't use it. You may, not, you may disagree with it, but God may open your eyes some other day. But I know that this is what God has been dealing with me for over 30 years. And I'm going to share that with you. It's so important that you know this because this can transform your Christian life and transform your life and your home. It's important. Amen? So important. When did the, the helper come? The Holy Spirit was given to mankind, came into our world just like Jesus was born through Mary. There was a particular day when the Holy Spirit came into our world. And he's not left since then. He's, still been, he's been here all the time. Still here till today. Jesus was born into our world for, and he's lived with us for about 33 years. And then he said, I'm going back to the Father. God the Father was in our world just talking to us, but we couldn't see him. If you saw him, you die. God made sure nobody saw him. He was just behind the scenes. And then he came looking just like us to demonstrate that he loves us and wants to be with us. And he stayed for that period and cleared the way. And then God is spirit. After Jesus left in the bodily form, God came down to us in the spirit form to live in the world. And now he's choosing to live inside of you and express himself in you. That's why we go out and preach the gospel and people get healed. Why? It's God expressing himself, and I'm just a willing vessel. Amen? I'm just willing for him to go with me and do the work for himself. So that's what this is all about. It's so important. The Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost. He came into our world, and he's been here since then. Some have received him. Some have not received him. Some don't understand, and some really actually they reject him. Some even preach against him. In some churches, they preach against him. You don't need that today and all of that. Where they got that from, I don't understand. They will have to stand before God. But this is what the Bible says. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God has not changed. And we are still in the New Testament. Amen? We are still in the New Testament. You don't change anything. We're still living in the last days. But this is what the Bible says. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. This is a key principle for all of us to be in agreement in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now it's funny. The people heard the wind coming, right? They heard the sound because they all gathered. What's going on? They heard a rushing mighty wind. But you know, even though God's speaking to the whole world, he knows where his people are at. He knows where to find them. The Holy Spirit came from heaven. I mean, whole of heaven. But zeroed in on this one house where God's people gathered. Isn't that beautiful? God located his people. 
He located them. He's locating you this morning. Amen? The Holy Spirit is locating you where you are, in your home. He found them and filled the room where they were sitting. The whole wing in this one room. What, God say, what is God saying? People more important than the universe. God's people, so important to God. He filled the whole house where they were sitting. And God began to do a work with them. It says, then there appeared to them divided tongues. And I say to people, because I'm going to talk about tongues. It's, I'm going there. I'm not afraid of any, but anything. I'm going there. It's so important because I realize that's the greatest Satan's, I mean the greatest weapon for Satan to deceive God's people with regard to tongues. He fears that thing like crazy. I mean, he fears it. I remember praying for a girl who was demon-possessed. Uh, pastor Paul, who is the pastor of our church in Nigeria now, he had received the Holy Spirit. But see how, <laughs> it's funny, you receive the Holy Spirit and still have doubts. You know? He had doubts. And I was casting out this demon. And every time I spoke in tongues, this, the, uh, the, the girl would immediately, you know, jam her fingers into her ear, like almost destroy her ear. And uh, so I backed away from doing that because she would jam, you know, the fingers in. And then Paul, uh, my friend, he started speaking in tongues. And the girl was like going crazy. And Paul would go near, you know, to her ear and be speaking in tongues. And she's going, and I said, Paul, quit. What's, go what's the matter? Later I called Paul and says, you know, I know I've received the Holy Spirit and I've been speaking in tongues. But uh, when I saw you doing that, I needed to test to be sure this was the Holy Spirit. So, <laughs> so he was harassing that poor little good lady, speaking in tongues, all loud, following her everywhere she went. I said, Paul, what? stop. We got to help this lady not make torment her with speaking in tongues, you know. But the demon, the demon was really trying to get away. But the point is, they fear these things. This is things I've experienced. They fear tongues. And so Satan has put a lot of words out there, sometimes for credible ministers. They are saying things. Please stay with the word. And I'm going to share you with the word of God. Amen? Because it's not something that you have to work to receive. Sometimes I've prayed with people, a hundred people at the same time, and they all receive. It's not a big deal. It's what you do with the gifts afterwards that matters. <laughs> It's what you do with the gift. A lot of people speak in tongues. They only do that in church when they feel emotionally stimulated. They go, ooh, rabakayasa. And then they say, that was a very good service. Because he was able to speak in tongues a little bit. <laughs> when he gets emotionally, yeah. <laughs> it's very good. No, it's your prayer language. And I'm going to share with you why it's so important that you pray in this prayer language. I'm going to share, please stay with me, because I wrote a book for this reason. Because I have so much God has taught me since early 80s. I had to put all of these things in the book. I, I, I have the book. If you want the book, you can have it. And, but make sure you read it, because I'll call you, pull you aside, and ask you a question. No, I'm <laughs> but this is so important. It says that when the Holy Spirit came, he came in as divided tongues. Right? Why tongues? Why not doves? For Jesus, doves. 
for you, tongues. Why? Your tongue is important in this marriage. You got to use your tongue. You got to use your tongue. It's very important. God demonstrated the very first day the Holy Spirit came. He could have used any other symbol. Right? We heard about wind. They didn't see any wind. The only thing they saw was what? Tongues. Why tongues? The Holy Spirit is not tongues. It wasn't for the Holy Spirit. It was for you. So you know, and the disciples responded right. They all began to speak in tongues. They spoke in tongues. Every one of them. And the Spirit gave them utterance. They all spoke in tongues. I hear people saying, you know, well, everybody has their own gift. Some people have the gift of tongues. And others have other gifts. And I ask them, what's your gift? What's your gift? Because where he talked about tongues, and we're coming to that, where he talked about tongues, he talked about laying hands on the sick and they recover. He talked about casting out devils. He talked about drinking uh, deadly poison and, you know, handling snakes. I said, are you the snake handler? (laughs) Or you are the healing person. So the way we say it is this guy has the gift of healing and a young man comes to church who is sick. And they'll say to him, well, I tell you what, you came on the wrong Sunday because the gift of healing is in Colorado. So come back next Sunday when the gift of healing is back in church and then you get your healing. That's silly. That's silly. We only need the Holy Spirit. And every one of us can speak in tongues. I'm going to be going more into this next week and sharing from the scripture why this is so important. You don't have to be afraid of it. God wants you to have it. And you will see why he decided to give this particular gift to every man. Amen? I'm going to close here this morning. Stand up with me. First of all, I want everybody here to be sure you are a new wineskin. Now we all know what that means. Maybe you are Christian, but you know you're not living right. Possibly the Holy Spirit is not having its way in your life. But you want to make everything right with God today. Every, every head bowed, please, this morning. And all eyes closed. You're here and you're saying, look, I need the Holy Spirit fully in my life. I want to give him complete control. But first of all, I want to turn everything to Jesus. I want to surrender to him. At the count of three, all I need you to do is raise your hand up, pray high. God will see it. You need to honor God. Don't look to man. Don't be afraid. Raise your hand real up at the count of three. And God will see that and begin to do a work with you. One, two, three. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All over this place. All over this place. Thank you. I appreciate that you are honest with God this morning. And God loves you for doing that. He truly does. And will begin to show himself strong in your life. Because you honored him this morning by caring not for anyone who is around here. By saying, God, I need you. And you had your hand up. Amen. God saw that. Now I need you all to pray with me. And especially those that raise their hand. What you're doing is you are speaking words. God gave you your mouth. You are allowing, you are giving Jesus permission to come into your life. He has been standing out at the, on, uh, uh, the door of your heart, wanting to come in. 
Now you are opening the door by just inviting him in. He will come in. Amen. Now everyone pray with me. Say with me. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for speaking to my heart. I know you ordained it for me to be here today in your presence. Lord Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Savior of the world. I believe that you are the Savior of my soul. Lord Jesus, I invite you today to come into my heart, to live with me forever. Lord God, write my name in your book of life. In Jesus' name, amen.